Santa Maria! Welcome back to another edition of the Dingers and K's podcast. It was like it was yesterday. Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a while. It's to the point where the merchandise is going for like $3. <laughs> you find it at your local champs. Right. In the clearance section. Right. TJ Maxx or something like that. As it has reached clearance. Yeah, it's been an extra year. So <sighs> at least you guys are still trying to get back. It's not they haven't just always. It wasn't just one and done. I will say that at least it wasn't one and done. They're not letting their star first baseman go. They got another. They got yeah, another. they did add another. We'll get they back got to another. that. We're going to get into that. My name is Jeremy Altrell. I'm here with Jamal Russell, author of Brother on Baseball, sportsbums.com. Another episode, episode 32. So you know you got a guy for this now. I have one for this one. I'm going to go Sandy Koufax. There you go. There's an easy one. Did you have another one? Uh, well, Sandy was the one that jumped out at me. Just real easy. I thought so. Yeah. That's there, you could have gotten Doc as well. In a way. You know, that's the Toronto version. Yeah. And I say it in a way like, yeah, okay. But man, we're back in here. Remember we recorded last week and we said, man, there's progress. Maybe by next episode. Right. We literally got home and I get an alert. Baseball is back. I was like, holy crap. It happened. Right. CBA agreed to ish. Well, it's agreed. It's agreed. I think they. Okay. So the big broad strokes, I mean, that's been agreed to the, one of the big things that has my interest hasn't been decided yet. The international draft. Mm -hmm. They're going to hold that. They've given it till July to, to kind of revisit because they have. there's a lot more involved in that than people think. It'll be interesting to see if they can come to an agreement on that or if they bring back your competitive balance picks and all that qualifying offers and whatnot. So it'll be interesting to see if they make a deal because now you have the Latin players really interested in something that when you really didn't have their interest before. Mm -hmm. So this is something near and dear to their hearts. I could see the pros and cons of both. I mean, I've written about the pros and cons yeah. of both. So it isn't a simple issue. So it is good that they said, okay, we're going to give us a couple more months to not just try to jam this CBA or make this the thing that holds up the CBA. No, yeah. I, I think I like that too. I think that they finally came to some kind of agreement where like, we got everything else done. Let's play ball. We'll figure this one out on the backside. Right. And it's interesting because your lead, like your executive team that's for the players, they didn't want the deal on the voting. So the eight guys that are like on your executive board, so yeah. like your Max Scherzer. I believe they all voted Andrew, no, right? Yeah, they all voted. All eight of them said no. But then it went to the team representatives for the vote, and it was 26 to four in favor. Mm -hmm. So overall, it was 26-12 in favor of ratifying the CBA. Yeah. So in the owners, it was 30 to zero. So they were just moving on. But it was interesting that the players who were really doing the main negotiating were like, were like uh, no, no, something's not right here. But the regular rank and file players were like, forget it. Let's just get back to playing. It, was it almost like the team broke? The players kind of broke to a sense? No, or I do you say, think they feel like it was close enough? It's close enough. And also I do think that there's an element of, they're going to need to do some little bit of restructuring on who's on their, their executive team. Mm -hmm. Because the word, the way I've seen it described is, it was a little bit too much uh, Boris centric in terms of the agent who represents the players. On oh, the I believe the majority of them were Scott right. Boris. Right. So it's like, okay, who's really negotiating? Is it him or is it you guys? Again, the players will say it was us. I got it. But there is going to be feeding the information. Yeah, there's going to be some influence. Yeah. Right. So they do want it a little bit, have a lot more diversification in terms of who's in that room. And then also you want to make sure you have a diversification 
of the player population on that executive group too, because the group was kind of overrepresented by pitchers. So you want to make sure position players are in this because things that say something simple as universal DH. Let's pick something simple. Okay. I want to make sure I have position players in here to say, what's the pros and cons on this? As you see it, position player, because I know for me pitcher, it's only upside. I don't have to hit anymore. Mm-hmm. That, well, the, the downside is that I got to throw to national league pitchers. Right. No, yeah. Oh man, that lineup just got a little bit deeper. Got a little deeper. Right. But again, if I'm a pitcher, I think I'm good enough to get whoever out, whoever's up there. But just, you know, again, but having that back and forth, they go, hey, wait, as a hitter, this is how we perceive things or bigger bags. Let's say, how does this impact you? Because you got to deal with the bags. I don't. Also, they want to kind of diversify, make sure you have enough Latin representation. So that way, things like the international draft aren't just on the back burner or something to throw in at the end where it's brought to the forefront way before, because these are the guys who go through it. So let's say Fernando Tatis was very vocal about the international draft. Now, granted, I don't think he's necessarily the best representative in terms of the experience Mm -hmm. because he's the son of a major league baseball player. So it's not, he's growing up in a shack somewhere in San Pedro de Macariz. That's not what he, that wasn't his experience, but I mean, he does know guys that was their background. Yeah. You could have had like the Yon Moncada kind of guys. Well, he's Cuban, but again, even then, yeah, but just again, but make sure those guys are being brought to the table. Then we are getting their thoughts, their opinions because Yoan Moncada be Cuban. This would affect you. So even if you defect, Okay, you defected, did all you had to do Mm -hmm. to get here. Yeah, you're still subject to the draft now. So you only can sign with Boston, who who you originally signed with. Mm -hmm. They drafted you. So yeah, they hold your rights now. That could be, he might go, yeah, that doesn't really work for me. I'm going to do all this, running out of Cuba to come out of here with a $20,000 bonus Mm -hmm. to maybe make it to the big leagues. Uh, I might just stay where I was at. Yeah, Things like that. Things to consider. I'm not saying that's what the players are going to do. But it's just things that bring up that'll be brought up in the conversation. So it would be good to diversify that group, either expand it or just kind of change members out because you are going to have change in the group by the time the next CBA is up because some of the members are older. Like I seriously doubt, let's say Max Scherzer is going to be one of your main guys. If the CBA runs four or five years, he's 37 now. I just don't see him. I don't see him at You know, 42 still pitching and being like one of your main voices. I could see, let's say a Francisco Lindor taking a more prominent role because he was involved in this too him bringing more to the forefront. I don't see necessarily Andrew Miller still being there in say five years, but just again, just diversifying that group. So that's something I will like to see going forward, but it is good that they were able to make a deal. Even though again, that one group said, no, the player bodies, like you said, it's good enough. So let's 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 go play ball. Mm -hmm. I like your idea of diversification there, especially when it came to the agencies. Right. I think obviously you need to get your pitchers into your position players, your Latin players, your right. Now you're getting Japanese players. Right. They're coming more often. Right. Make, when they make, set up their make own. sure they have a voice. Yeah. Give yeah. everybody a voice. And yeah, diversify. Like you said the agent. So make sure this guy. That's really what gets me. I think if you can say, okay, two Boros clients, two from this agency, you get eight, right? Yeah. Let's split them up. Get your four powerhouses. Okay. Two and two. Call it a day right there. Yeah. I can see something like that. You got to ask who wants to do it. And usually with these things, I'd have to look at the bylaws and the MLBPA, mm-hmm. but usually you kind of vote for your representatives unless no one else wants to do it. There's like a runoff. Mm-hmm. So you have to kind of say, who do you want on the executive team? It could just be by coincidence. It just becomes, okay, this thing happened to be Boris heavy or Sosnick and Kobe is, that's the group. Okay. It just happens to be, or CAA just happened to be, but you, you do want to get, like you said, I agree with you though, just diversify, just have other agencies, other voices, because yeah, Boris tends to represent the higher end Player. players. So who's looking out for the middle-class guy, the guy barely on the roster, the up and down guy, you know, like he, like, okay, here's someone who was affected 
by the CBA, Mitch White. Yeah. So he was really affected by something in the CBA, how they changed the option rules. Mm -hmm. You only can be optioned five five times, which we saw him and pitching for Rancho Cucamonga. Yeah. He was optioned five times in one month. Right. Let's be fair to the guy, not have him living out of a suitcase going from here to there to here to there. Where am I each week? Things like that. But make sure his thoughts are represented as well. So make sure the people on this board and go, wait, I am that guy. So yeah, you know, what just, are you thinking about? I would say for that, the Mitch White situation. Yeah. I think that a lot of that comes into the age. Yeah, no, it does. You're not really having those, as you say, 28, 30 year old guys that are up and down, up and down, up and down as often. Well, no, just maybe with the Dodgers, but no, it becomes, well, those guys also, they start flipping teams. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that got thrown in there with the, you, go, you put a guy on waivers. When that guy comes up again, you're at the back of the line. So you can't release a guy. Another team claim him. They release him. Then you just pick him back up again. Yeah. It's back on your team two weeks I, later. Oh, Bill McKinney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't do that kind of stuff. Yeah. So again, these players, because he's not a 24-year-old. He's, you know, McKinney's mm-hmm. 26, 27, 28. You know, he's been around for a while. I mean, hell, he went through, what, three teams this year? <laughs> Texas. Three, four, four. Dodgers. Four. Mets. Four. Brewers. <laughs> Brewers. <laughs> I think previously Yankees. Yeah, he was on the Yankees before that. Yankees. Yeah, yeah, so he's been around. He's not Toronto. New. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's not a new guy. But players of that classification, you do want to make sure that their needs are being met also. Mm-hmm. Not just looking out for the stars. Because, again, like we had talked about you know one of our previous episodes about the rosters and how few of the guys are actually the... 30, 40 million dollar a year guys. Most of the dudes are the minimum 71%. wage. 71%. Yeah, they're mostly minimum under wage. Under a million guys. dollars. Mm-hmm. So that being said, make sure their needs are being met because most of the players are them. Yeah, I think you're right. We do got some dingers in case to get into. Yes, that is the title of the show. That is the title. So we got to make sure we hit them. You got a dinger? Yes. So my dinger is a player who's near and dear to my heart, one of my all time favorite players. This is going back to opening day in 1988. So this is Daryl Strawberry. He turned 60 last weekend. That's why he's my dinger of the week. You know, straw turning 60. Who would have thought? He's getting how he was living back in the day. The way it was going. Yeah. So good on him. I mean, in sort of way. Yeah. He hits a home run in old Montreal Olympic Stadium, and he's going to hit the roof of the stadium. (laughs) So it's like going, going, gone, hits off the roof. (laughs) It's estimated the ball would have gone about 500 feet, but it hits the roof. So... (laughs) It's far enough to be gone. And then he thinks it's a ground rule double because the ball's coming back out of the roof and he stops at second. And yeah. So here we go. Opening day for my 1988 Mets. As I joke with you before we were recording, it was a good year for me, but a better year for me. Yeah. <laughs> so here Even we go. I wasn't there. Yeah. For Randy St. Clair, here's our guy. First pitch heater to Strawberry and it doesn't go so good. It's four to four St. Louis at Cincinnati in the 12th. And 5-1 to one, San Francisco over the Dodgers, bottom of the fifth inning. Speaking of home runs, there's a long drive. That ball is out of here. Home run. Even he was questioning it for a second. He's like, is that actually out of here? <laughs> like, oh, that thing's that out of the park. hit the lights up there. It may have hit the top of the stadium. I think it did. Daryl slowed down. I can't believe it. That ball. Going off the roof. In any stadium, yeah, you got to hit it. Everybody was confused. Yeah, everybody's confused what happened. Yeah, the ball goes up. The announcer's like, what happened? <laughs> Everybody's, what just happened? Yeah, you got the umpire kind of waving him around. And so uh, there nice. you go. I like that one. I'm taking mine back to 2016. All right. We have game six of okay. the World Series. First inning, Josh Tomlin's pitching. I think a new squad is hoping for the same result. Okay. I think the Colorado Rockies, who just acquired Chris Bryant, we're going to talk about that. Yeah. 
I have Chris Bryant, home run, game six, first inning. Maybe right. sign of something to come. High fly ball in the air to left. Cubs strike first. Tape measure shot by Chris Bryant. Don't leave hanging curveballs for Chris Bryant. Yeah, that's a good idea. Rule number one. Especially 2016 Chris Bryant. Yes. MVP Chris Bryant. Interesting move today. I like Chris Bryant. I love his versatility. I just wanted to highlight him here because we're going to have some stuff to say about him. All right. So he will return. Yeah, he's going to return. Oh, I have another piece of news for you. Okay. I'm not mistaken. I believe we are going to have a new crew calling the World Series this year. Oh, yeah, we will. And a lot of playoff games. Yeah. More than likely, my guy, Joe Davis. Yeah. It's it's not my guys. We can move away from them, as we've discussed before. (laughs) I don't need Smoltz and uh, what's his name? Buck. Buck. There we go. Give me some people who actually like baseball. You're going to get Joe Davis and John Smoltz. Maybe Davis can bring Smoltzy forward into current times. I don't think so. I didn't hear it when I they were doing the game seven last two years ago. But maybe if you're doing it with them like enough times, it's like, hey, man, let me explain to you what the kids are into these days. I just think it's funny. They had Fox has a good cast of people. Fox has Poppy and yeah, they do. Frank Thomas. I would be like, we're going to do TNT style. All right. I'm sending you guys going to tell us what you guys see. We'll have one person that's just calling the game and you guys are going to tell me what you guys see. Okay. I can see that's it. what the NBA does. Reggie Miller right. and all those guys. You see them. They got one guy. I think it's Chris Harlan, Kevin Harlan, Kevin Harlan. Yeah. He calls the game. Right. And the other guys are like, they're doing these picks. They're doing this. This is why it's so amazing. Blah, 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 blah. You got three of the best hitters ever. Yeah. You got pitchers on the staff. Bring one in. Pull one out. Pull another guy in. Yeah. You're going to do TNT. You're going to do the pre-show. You're going to call the game. And afterwards, you're going to do the after game. Cut to him in the middle. Whatever it is. Yeah. What do you think out of the starter so far? Let's say Pedro Martinez. Hey, Pedro, what do you think of this guy pitching? Oh, yeah. He was good. Blah, 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 blah. All right. Back to the game. Trust me. One of them will take the Charles Barkley curmudgeon role. One of them probably will. Or somebody will get loose. And, oh, boy. <laughs> I think it would be perfect. I like that idea a lot better. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there right now, I guess. But it's coming up. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. Coming up. Well, no, I mean, I'm just thinking in October, it'll be there. In October, when we're doing this, I'm going to be like, guys, it's not Joe Buck anymore. You have a different Joe. Different Joe. Better Joe. Now, are you biased because it's your guy? Because you hear him every day. Possible. But I would say, listen to a Dodger game. You tell me. I think he's tremendous. When I listen to a lot of the national guys, at least. Yeah. I watch other guys every now and then, but I watch a lot of the national ball, mm-hmm. the Fox, the TBS, and stuff like that. ESPN. I can guarantee you 100%. All right. Joe Davis is better. Well, I think this much. I'll say this much. Joe Davis is better because he's calling a team he knows. Yes. I will give him that because one of the things is with the national guys, they, they don't kind know. Of, yeah, we they talked about yeah, that. They, yeah. they parachute in. I will say that I think Joe Davis does a lot of good research prior to. Or they have a good staff. Or wh- whoever right. it is. Right. They are doing a great job on getting him the information because I heard him doing Milwaukee and some other stuff because he does Fox games as well. Right. The Sunday game, whatever it was. Right. But he does those. So I've heard him doing Milwaukee and St. Louis and random stuff. And he knows a little bit of what's going on. Maybe not the full thing, but... All right, so we're going to get back to Joe. I want you to listen to him this year in some random games. I will. I'll I'll, I'll listen to the Fox games. And try not to be, okay, I hear this guy all the time, so therefore... I just like his energy. I think that's the thing. You know. Okay, it could be it. Because coming from Vince Gulley, it's a lot slower and methodical, and you get the stories. Don't hate on Vin. I'm not hating on him. (laughs) I think he's tremendous, but it's a... You'll get our show canceled. (laughs) Like, right away, like, Vince Gulley hit... They tried to cancel Vince Scully like a year ago. 
Ben is a lot slower. He gives you the story. He breaks it down in right. different ways. With right. Joe, I think it's just more energetic, which is something you don't see because nine out of 10 times your booth guys are older. Yeah, they're older. Right. Yeah, he's young for he's an announcer. Like 30 something. He's in his 30s. Right. So he's young. He brings a different energy than Oral Hershizer, who does the other side of him. Right. Which I think livens him up as well. But you look at these other broadcasters, they're all older guys. How many can you really say have a younger guy that bring that kind of... Which also, I mean, again, if you're an announcer or well, really the color guy, chances are you were an ex-player, so you were into your 30s playing. Mm-hmm. Where the announcer guy, I went off to do this. I knew I wasn't playing. Yeah. So I've been building my way up as an announcer. Correct. So there is that. And that also helps him be a younger guy in the spot. And also, I think you think this is part of the Dodgers sort of tradition. We had Red Barber. Mm-hmm. Then we get the young guy, Vin Scully. All right. And he's going to do it. And then one day I'll be dead and gone. You'll be old and gray. And they'll be getting Joe Davis out of there. You're like, hey, I remember when he was new. <laughs> I worry he leaves with Oral. No, he doesn't. He's not going anywhere. I hope not. I hope not. But that's my worry. I don't see him going anywhere because the Dodgers gig is too good of a gig and it's an everyday gig, meaning you live where you live and you get to go home every night. Mm-hmm. You're not traveling around the country. Correct. Wife, kids, where are you today, daddy? No, he's a Dodger stadium. Basically okay. five days a week, he might go away for the weekend to call some game, but basically the rest of the week you're I there. I know we got to get to our case, but do you think like the New York market or like Boston would kind of, doesn't that seem alluring as well? They have guys. Right now. No, but I'm just thinking, okay, because I watch the other teams a lot. Say the New York booth, it, it's actually like a really good booth. It's a three-man booth. And you like Keith. You have Keith Hernandez, Ron Darling, Darling yeah, and then Gary Cohen. Mm-hmm. No relation to Steve. Okay, so then, and then also Howie Rose. So you get, those are kind of your guys yeah. calling the games. And then sometimes like Keith will be off today and it'll be, Ron will be mm-hmm. there like that. That kind of comes and goes. But the three of them, that's your group. And so you have a pitcher's perspective, a hitter's perspective. One guy is like the kind of younger guy or older guy who's trying to adapt yeah. in Ron Darling. And then the other one's the old guy who just, this is how he does it. And that's just it. Mm-hmm. And that's Keith Hernandez because he'll say things. He's that uncle who just says whatever. Yes. That's Keith Hernandez. And that's their booth. But that's, people love it. Keith gets suspended at least once every other year or so for saying something he shouldn't. So... Mm-hmm. It happens. You know, he's that guy, but people know that tuning in. Nothing like maybe racial in nature, but it'll be describing a player. It doesn't do the Reds thing. No, no. He can use colorful language on air describing the players, and it doesn't matter which team. It could be Mets players. It could be the other team's players. And he can be kind of colorful in describing their... Very much like Dennis Eckersley, who yeah. gets in trouble with a lot of those right. guys. Right. That's why David Price wanted to fight yeah. him, because what he's saying in the booth. But that's what Boston has, because that's a Boston announcer. Yeah. And then Boston, until recently, until he passed away, they had Jerry Remy, mm-hmm. which listening to him, as much as I could kind of go, man, I can't, he's from the area. So you get like the Boston accent, the whole it, thing. It's just, you get the and whole it, Boston, it, it was straight yeah. up Homer, Red Sox, Homer. That's mm-hmm. what you had. Eckersley wasn't quite that, but that kind of balanced out, let's say, Remy, because yeah. Remy was just homing it up. You know, he wanted the Red Sox to go 162 and 0, where Eckersley <laughs> could kind of, you know, say that's not really how it works. You know, Remy played in the big leagues back in the 80s, so he, he wasn't yeah. didn't, like he didn't know what he was talking about. But yeah, he was definitely pro Red Sox. Mm-hmm. You know, this was his team, and that was it. In New York, you got like Michael Kay, you know, or now like or David Cohn, because mm-hmm. I know he was, I think he's moving over to what, Sunday night, I think he's doing. Possible. So with that being said, they have like, a, there's a different Yankees vibe. Like they had Ken Singleton there for like a long time. 
I think they got Chris Singleton coming in there now, I think. I'm trying to remember who the other player is. So they're bringing in like another younger, just yeah. recent, like Will Millbrooks is going to Boston to replace Remy. Oh, okay. So he's just getting into the booth like that. So they're bringing in some younger guys. So yeah. They're trying to do this with some of the ex-players. Maybe they can get some more energy, but no, your guy Davis is good. I will say that for sure. I appreciate that. I'm sure he appreciates right. getting the stamp of approval. <laughs> no, I mean, I hear him enough. You hear some of these other teams. You're like, holy cow. What are these people talking about? <laughs> Red guy. Yeah, well, that was a little bit of a kind of a legacy deal. <laughs> no, it was because Marty Brenneman was the announcer. First, oh, got you. And then Tom Brenneman's his son. That's how Brenneman got the gig. Got you. So they'll say, no, he was good. Okay, you can say what you want, but we know. Yeah. So you got a K? Yes, I have a K. So my K goes with kind of the times we're living in, specifically this week. And it has to do with free agency. Got it. So this is Andy Messersmith. He is pitching to Reggie Jackson in the 1974 All-Star Game. And Messersmith and Dave McNally were the first two guys granted free agency. And they tried to fight the reserve clause. So originally, Kurt Flood tried it and made it all the way through the courts. And the courts sided ultimately with baseball. And Messersmith and McNally tried it, but did it like a different way. They managed to not sign contracts for the 1975 season. Played without a contract and it's like, forget your reserve clause. I didn't sign a contract with you. So there's nothing for you to renew. Mm-hmm. So therefore I'm a free agent. Right. <laughs> and the judge went, well, yeah, so <laughs> yeah I guess so. Yeah, they didn't. So they're allowed to go. And that's what started free agency. Cause we'll be talking about plenty of free agents later on in the show. Correct. So this particular year, this was Messer Smith's one of his best years with the Dodgers. 20-game winner, and I'm sure you recall this guy vividly, right? <laughs> of course. Hit one of the longest home runs in all So he is pitching to Reggie, and here we go. Hey, yes, Got a foul ball, you know, a nice little, little crack at Kurt Gowdy on the call. Roof in the right field at Tiger Stadium. It would have gone. And this, actually, the home run for Reggie. Remember, that was one of my dingers. Oh, it was. Yeah. He did, yes, yes. Yeah. On a modern player, he doesn't look or guess. He says it's calculated anticipation. Calculated, Calculated anticipation. anticipation. Is that what you call it when you're hitting? Of course. <laughs> One ball, two strikes, two down. And then I get jammed. <laughs> and he got him on a fastball. And the American League goes down one, two, three. So he didn't anticipate a fastball away. <laughs> no, not right there. Oh, anticipation did not mean it. But Mester Smith was good for like a few years on the Dodgers. Like I said, he had like a good little three-year kind of run in like the mid-70s. And then, yeah, once he left the Dodgers, went to the Braves as a free agent. He was the first free agent bust also. <laughs> That's how you do it. Yeah, because he won 20 on the Dodgers in 74. I don't think he won 20 games on the Braves total. <laughs> no, like you, three, you were three, telling four me years. it wasn't very good. <laughs> it was not pretty. Yeah. We're going to be talking about a lot of moves. I figured I'd introduce this guy. We're going to talk about him anyways. Chris Bassett. Okay. It's actually one of his starts from last year. Just showing what he can do. He's got the fastball, the sinker, slider, which he added last year, yeah. which ended up being pretty devastating for him. I like his curveball. So right there, he gets him with the little two-seam slider, sink. Mm-hmm. And he gets his first strikeout. It's Escobar. But I just like the pitch mix. Right. And we're gonna, again, we're going to talk about this a little bit more as he gets another one with that nice, long, big curveball. Yeah. Nice, big curve. He has like a whippy arm and then just like a loopy. Yeah, it's funny because he's like 87, 82. Here's 95 painted right in on you. You're not going to touch it. Yeah, it doesn't look like it's as hard as it is. No, and then he has like a little, like the two-seam sinker. He can speed it up if he wants to. He'll go right. 87. No, here's 93 right. with the little nice tail action. Yeah, he's, he's a good, he's a pitchability guy. 
That's yeah. Cool. What I was going to say is I just love the move for the Mets. Oh, I do too. I know you did, but I like the reliability. I like his pitch mix. I like what he brings to the table. It's not like he's got to be ERA two guy. Otherwise, he's five guy. He's going to sit in the middle, give you that 350, give you good innings. Yeah. I mean, that was an all-star last year. As long as there's no more line drives to the box, don't need that anymore. No. That didn't work out so good for him. But that being said, you know, no, he's a really good pitcher. And again, on the team he's on now, he's not asked to carry any kind of load. Because you're no, behind you're number three guy. Yeah, you're behind maybe the two best pitchers in baseball or the two dudes in front of you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you get to just kind of hang out at this point. Anything you do is like bonus. You know, yeah. just don't get blown out every week and we're fine. Just compete. <laughs> yeah. Just literally keep them in the game. That's all you got to do. Like I said, if you notice, I was introducing guys that we're going to be talking about today. Right. A lot of movements. Do you want to do a couple movements, then do some stuff? All right, let's go. All right. Let's break down this Mets stuff. Okay. Chris Bassett. We just talked about him. Yeah, good number. He's going to be a number three for the Mets. And they, they gave up their number one pitching prospect. That's what I wanted to hit on. The guys they gave up. The A's moved everybody on the team. They're they're trying to. They're trying to. <laughs> they're really trying to. Did the package they got back make sense for them? Or do you feel like mm, it they was, sold low? It was a good deal for the A's, but not a great deal for the A's. Because JT Ginn, because this is a, a Mets deal, so I know the players fairly well. Ginn is a good prospect, but do I foresee him being like a Cy Young Award winner in the future? No, he isn't that. He projects to be about a mid-rotation. Like the Mets were looking at him maybe as like a call-up guy this year. Back of the rotation, you just need some spot starts kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. That's what they were hoping for out of him for this year. Yeah, it's not they gave up. He's the number one pitching prospect for them, but in other organizations, he wouldn't be. So that just is kind of where the Mets are at, kind of with their prospects and whatnot, and just kind of who the prospects are. Because the Mets do have some premium prospects, but he's not like one. He's not, it's not Francisco Alvarez, who's one of the top catching prospects in the sport. He's not that. And Adam Aller, how do you feel about that? He's just a throw in. That's a flyer organizational depth guy. That's really all he is. All right. And the last thing I kind of wanted to hit on this. Yeah. Does age concern you about this Bassett deal? I know you're going to have him cost controlled. Right. That's but why he is hitting at age 33. Do you think this is more of like a one year? Hopefully he can do this for the next two years or is it just we're going all in? They're just going all in. And again, they're in a different kind of tax bracket. So this is becoming they really don't care. It's I mean, he's not lighting money on fire, literally, but. It's okay. We'll get Bassett in here. Okay. Try a year, maybe two of Bassett. Okay. He's done or he did what we need him to do. Okay. Thank you. You can go. Mm-hmm. And that's also why I think they didn't give up any of their premium prospects. You know, Brett Batty was not part of the deal. Let's say Francisco Alvarez, not part of the deal. Cause they do know, okay, this isn't the guy we're projecting to have for the next five, five years. seven years. Not, it's yes. not that. So here's a young pitcher with potential for a couple of cost controlled years out of Bassett. Thank you very much. And hopefully the Mets can win a world series and be happy with it. Something like that. I said, hopefully. Something like that. I introduced Chris Bryant. Yes. Or do you want to stay with the A's? Because the A's got rid of everybody. That was our team we were supposed to review this week. But uh, yeah, this team is so much in flux that it'd be almost impossible because I could name a, like, okay, if we say Frankie Montas in the rotation. That dude is literally being talked about being moved right now. He can be moved by the time we're done recording. (laughs) Correct. Let's stay A's real quick. Okay. Let's move over to the next guy. All right. I'm going to save Olsen for last. Chapman. Okay. Chapman is going to Toronto. I told you earlier, I understand the move, okay, but I don't love the move. I don't trust Matt Chapman in the box yeah, at he, all. Yeah, he's had, you know, he's coming off some down kind of years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not a down a year. year. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not years. one. <laughs> That's the only thing I have the issue with. 
I'm trying to take a look at what they gave up for him. I'm not sure how their system. They're not a better idea. It isn't premium. It's not that their top end. It isn't that either. They're to me in a good spot. And again, Toronto's in that we're trying to slip a world series out of this too. We could low key it while the Yankees are playing cheap and playing around. If we can put a team out here, cause they've added Kikuchi. Oh, okay. We've thrown him on the team. We've added Gosman. Like we have a team we think is right there with them. And if they aren't too serious about actually being the Yankees, we might be able to get them. And it's an expanded playoff field. We get in, we're dangerous. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I need to see this team right now. Yeah. So Chapman going there. And again, they didn't blow out the farm system, but they didn't have like that much. Cause yeah, I remember they gave up a fair bit to get a uh, Barrios last year. Yeah. I do recall that. We kind of talked about down years. Yeah. I look at it from this perspective that he hasn't had a good year since 2018. 2019 is his all-star year. Right. But you look at the end result, it's not the greatest. No. Yes, he put up some homers, 90 RBIs, played good defense. But what do you expect him to really do here? I think he'll be better. I think he's going to be better in Toronto because, again, it's a better park to hit in. Mm -hmm. And he's in a deeper lineup. So he's not going to be hitting like third, fourth in Toronto's lineup. As of now, no, he shouldn't be. No, he's like a seven. (laughs) Yeah. Something like that. He's coming off a year where he hit 210 on base of 314. Slugging was 403. Hit 27 home runs still with 72 ribbies. Right. So at least he came in clutch at some moments. Yeah, but see, I'm looking, if you go the split between the average and the on-base, he knows balls and strikes. See, so it's, so the... You walked 80 times last that's year. That's what I'm saying. So you know what the big issue was? Yeah. 202 strikeouts. Right, he strikes out a lot. So, I mean, that's, and from watching him, it is more to me a... Uh-oh, woo, Freddie Freeman's a Dodger. Six years, 162, <laughs> baby! All right, now you can sleep easy. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Platoonish thing set up of uh, Freddie Freeman and Max Muncius. Platoon? We talking about... Not platoon, it's but... Oh, Muncius, you're going to play second base. They're going to rotate that first base, I'm assuming now. You think he's just going to go straight up second? Yeah, he's going to play second base. Max enjoys second, and Freddie will play first, and Gavin, well, no. <laughs> <back> to you... <laughs> Your boy. Thought process here. Okay. Do you give Gavin the first month or so and you say, Max, you're going to rotate? No. No, you just say, Max, you're just playing second right away, yes. right off the bat? What's the object to win the World Series? Not you, develop Gavin Lux. Can you win and still develop, though? This this team personally. Not other teams. This team. No, because it's the big leagues. When, where are the bats coming from? From probably AJ Pollock or something. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. Where are we on this particular team? Mookie Betts is your right field. Yeah, he's not moving him. Cody Bellinger is your, your center fielder. Trey Turner is your shortstop. That's your shortstop. JT is your third, third baseman. baseman. Like there left is field a, is the only opening. That's a maybe now. play. Third right. base, I mean, left field and DH. Right. Yeah, you really don't have a spot to, unless you're going to let him DH and maybe he can just hit if he doesn't have to field. But unless you're, maybe you do let, depending on how Muncy's elbow is. That's the one thing I don't know because you won't Ooh, know. That's right. Because you won't until you see him in spring. You know, how is he with the elbow out there, you know, on defense and things like that? So it could be Muncy ADH. Because a lot of elbows, right? Okay, Gavin, you get to, you better hit 430 in spring. <laughs> I don't know. I think, do you remember like a couple years ago, they did the Kike thing where like, all right, Kike, you're yeah. getting your job. Right. Okay. We tried it. Max, now you're playing second. And now we're doing these thingies. Yeah, but this will be, it's Max's job. As long as he can, the elbow and all that can physically, he can hold up hold and up. handle it. Mm-hmm. Then you just say, no, you're the second baseman. And yeah, Gavin, good luck to you. Gavin's rotation guy. He's or Chris Taylor. All of a sudden he. Or he's moved. Hey, uh, Gavin. So this is called Cincinnati. And you're going to play on that team because we're getting, let's say, Luis Castillo out of there. So we're sending you that way. 
And it's closer to Milwaukee, so you're closer to home. Closer to home. <laughs> I would say, you know, I think him and Jonathan India would be an interesting pair up the middle. That'd be fun. It'd be a nice young core. Yeah. And again, the Reds are in that A's program there. Anything not They're in the A's down. program, 100%. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm sorry. I took us out. Where were we? I know. This has become <laughs> your new favorite episode ever because your team has now landed Freddie Freeman. Yeah. We went from uh, Trey Turner, Max Scherzer last year, Freddie Freeman this year, previous year, yeah. Mookie. Mm-hmm. And we're spoiled over here. Yeah, that's why people don't like the Dodgers, as I've mentioned to you before. Other than in Los Angeles. I don't know why they don't like them. <laughs> other than in Los Angeles, people do not like the Dodgers. <laughs> I got to say, this is what happens when you have a great front office. You end up with these things. No, they have a really good front office, and they're not afraid to use the resources. I, you know, They're cheap and willing to spend at the same time. Right. If they see an opportunity, like Freddie Freeman's about to fall into your lap, well, let's not mess the deal up. Pretty much. You're like, okay, no problem. We can pay this guy. But to me, they've been really, really smart free agents where everybody's like, go get this guy, go get that guy. And like, mm. yeah, no, they do other things. Again, this just fell in their lap. Definitely. I don't think anybody expected this. No. Prior to the World Series, there was no Freddie Freeman's leaving Atlanta. No. I mean, the lockout did the Dodgers a huge favor. Definitely. Because Freddie didn't get signed by the Braves and everybody else was getting deals and, oh, you don't want me back or you're not that excited to have me back. Okay. And he lives here in California in the off season. So this is closer than Atlanta to where he lives and grew up. So, okay. <laughs> Loving it. Just got to hope it's not a pool holes deal. Six. So I think well, you'll be 38 at the end. Just hope. Remember, Albert left St. Louis and like left his bat in St. Louis. Yeah, no, he left everything in St. Louis. <laughs> the only difference I would say is... Which, speak of that, there's your DH. Albert, Albert come on no, back. They already said no to Albert. Yeah. <laughs> lefty, lefty masher. Went back to St. Louis. I think it's already done. Yeah, I could see it. I think that's just farewell tour with yeah. St. Louis. Right. You'll hit against lefties, soft throwing lefties. <laughs> Call it a day. All right. But Matt Chapman, overall, you liked it? I like the deal for Toronto because, again, he's not going to be asked to carry the offense at all. He's just another kind of cog in the machine, and that's going to be a really good team. Yeah, does oh, this push Biggio back to second? Yeah, Biggio will be the second baseman. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, like defensively, like they're going to be as good as anybody on the infield. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. You know, especially on the, the, you know, the turf is fast. So, okay, well, let's move around and we can cover it all over here. Thankfully, he keeps Vladimir Guerrero over at first because he was taking ground balls at third again. No, 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 no. Yeah. Tell no well, that's pre freddy <laughs> Yeah. Like, oh, Freddy, uh, maybe you got to go back to third. Yeah, so just try it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so they can just say, okay, just stay at first. Because, again, like they use this guy. We always talked about Gavin Lux with this. He has a defensive position that he can handle, so he's hit better. Mm-hmm. When Vladimir was at third, he is hitting. It wasn't. It was like, oh, this dude, I thought he was supposed to be this masher yeah. prospect. He wasn't, he was a little rocky at third base and then it was carrying over to the plate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go to first. It's easier to play. Okay. Just do that. Then all of a sudden he's like a triple crown candidate. Once you get him in a position defensively, they're more comfortable. Think as much. Well, you do have to think, but it's just more comfortable. Yeah. Okay. You know, you're not, he's not exposed as much at first base. Yeah. Okay. So, but no, adding Chapman's really going to help them again with the pitching additions they've made. The Blue Jays are right there, as far as I'm concerned, the American League with anybody. I was going to say, I think they might be one in the AL East. Well, the Yankees aren't done. Got to wait and see. I think we right. got to wait and see. Right, with any of these teams. That's, these teams aren't totally formed. As of today, I would say Blue Jays would be my front runner to win the AL West. AL East, I'm sorry. I would agree with you because I can't trust the Yankees to stay healthy. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And they just picked up another player that's not. But they still managed to win 90-something games, even when everybody getting hurt, the pitchers know, being yeah. <laughs> weird pitchers pitching. I feel like Tampa's run has got to end. As smart as they are, and I know they put all the pieces together. It can get to a point where 
no matter how smart you are, you're just outgunned. It can just get talent to that wise. Point. Talent right. is going to eventually right. You just don't match up. Right. It just becomes a point. Like okay, you just kind of reload and rebuild for like you try to find another window. Mm-hmm. So like how we're talking about potential moves with uh, Austin Meadows. Let's say Meadows leaves. Well, that's one of your potentially bigger bats. Nelly Cruz is gone. Okay. He's not coming. Signed with Washington. Yeah. He's went to Washington. Didn't work out anyway. It didn't work out, way. but I'm just potentially in the lineup. Yeah. So you're getting no gear. You're get full gear of Wander Franco. Okay. Cool. That should be fun. Randy or Rosarena. Cool. But it becomes a point where it's like, yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, like Brandon Lau. Yeah. But then I'm like looking on the pitching side, like, okay. So you, can you trust Tyler Glass now to do anything? Trust him. Not saying he's a bad pitcher, but can you trust him to be healthy and make 30 starts? No. I don't think he's done it yet. No. And again, he's hurt now. I mean, he's Tommy John and you know, Tommy John. Yeah. Late last year. But, 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 just, but just even before that, just, he was always kind of, eh, you don't know. Mm-hmm. You couldn't trust Blake Snell before they got rid of him. It was, well, we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so they sent him out of there. So that being said, it reaches a point, I think with them where you could just be outgunned and it doesn't matter how smart they could be just kind of another ace where you take a step back. Okay, this year is not the year, but the dudes we're getting in here. They'll be the dudes in a couple of years. And then we can just kind of start this cycle all over again. Yeah, I got to say, it's been like a nice five, six year run. No, it has been. And I think they've done a tremendous job, but I'm just putting it in as of now. The East has to get one by the Blue Jays. Oh, I won't say has to be. They don't have to, but I'm just saying, I, I look at it and I say, that's the winner. Okay, I'll say this much. I will say I think they're definitely a playoff team. Like, no matter. Oh, no, I think that's without a doubt. I think that's. Uh, well, again. Unless to, everything goes wrong. Again, Boston's not done until the Rays take a step backwards. They haven't yet until they actually do. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not inconceivable that the Blue Jays end up in fourth place in a tough division. It's not inconceivable. Oh, that'd be so sad. It's not inconceivable. I guess not. No, if everybody kind of stays. If the Rays mysteriously keep their team some kind of way and win 95 games, the Yankees mm-hmm. win 90 something games, Boston rebounds and wins 90 something games. Here you are. <laughs> you did all this in Toronto. You're like, yeah, we're maybe the fifth best team in the American League. We came in fourth place in our division. That isn't inconceivable. No, but I would say the Red Sox kind of did a Giants thing last year. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, again, they. We're gonna. They, I guess we'll find out this yeah, year, cause right? Because they, they do go up and down. They've done this the last few years. Yeah, they win a World Series, the worst team win the World Series. Yeah, they kind of come and go. So okay, what do we get this year? Mm-hmm. Who knows? They were in the playoff mix last year. We'll see what we get this year. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying with Toronto. It's not like a guarantee, but it they are right there with anybody. I mean, I'm not going to say that they're not a legitimate contending team on hopes and dreams. You know, things just got to break right. Like, no, they just go out there, play like they're just normal, just normal capabilities, hit your 70, 80th percent, you know, projectile or percentile rather. Mm-hmm. They're fine. I think that's a yeah 90 something win team. They're right there. It's going to be fun. Oh, uh, well, that division is going to be a lot of fun. How do we? Oh, we always like, how did we get there? Chapman. Cause you're asking me about Matt, Matt Chapman. Yeah. Last thing that the A's have kind of done as of now. Yes. Matt Olson. The deal kind of, you knew was coming now, you know, him going to the Braves is kind of the best deal for him. You're from Georgia. You know, I grew up outside Atlanta here. You're going home also since Freddie Freeman's going home to LA, you go home to Georgia, mm-hmm. you get back a center fielder replaces. Oh, Christian Bache is amazing in center. Yeah. It's the, bat. Yeah. Can he hit? Will he hit? You know, but that replaces like your Starling Marte because he's now he's a man also. So here's your center fielder. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have Tyler Soderstrom, who's a top catching prospect. One of them. Now there's always been questions about his glove, but everyone knows he can hit. Well, now you got Shea Langoliers who projects to be like a gold glove level catcher. They question how much can he actually hit? And you have Sean Murphy over there as well. Which Murphy will be gone. <laughs> he won't be around. Murphy's like, well, good thing I'm leasing because I don't think I'm no need to buy. He'll be elsewhere. Mm-hmm. 
sooner rather than later. I mean, hey, be selfish. I was like, hey, Mets, you already made one deal. Get because I'm not sold on McCann. <laughs> so, yeah, I know you're not a McCann person. So get get Murphy in there. I think there it's going to be a good deal. Like I said, for Olsen, it's going to be a good deal for the A's. I like that deal better for the A's than the deal they made for Chapman. Okay. Yeah, I, I think at least with the Olsen deal, you got guaranteed major leaguers. Right. That's what I was about to say. You have guaranteed guys with big league time. It's okay because like Langoliers was ready to go. Like if they would need to catch in the playoffs, Langoliers would have been there. He, well, he was already on the... Yeah, he was already there. On the, what, yeah. is it, what they call it last year? The, the taxi, taxi squad. squad right. He was on the taxi squad. Right. So they felt comfortable enough. Hey, right. something happened. The Darno, we know he can lead this rotation. Yeah, you'll be able to come out here and perform for us. Correct. And we've seen Pache, yeah. Pache out there in 2020, right. 2021 a little bit. Like he's been here. Right. He's been here for a minute. Just got to get the bat going for him. Yeah, as long as he hits enough. Yeah. Because again, it's a gold glove level center fielder. I mean, he's is elite in terms of defense. Just hit enough because if he doesn't hit, he becomes Juan Lagares. Yeah, you, know? you don't want to be. Well, I mean, Juan Lagares had a ten year big nice career, major career but, but I'm just saying from what you're supposed to be, you don't want to end up being right. You hope for more out of the guy you're acquiring for one of your cornerstone players. You hope for another cornerstone type player in the deal. So again, it could be if Langoliers shows up and becomes an all star. It you works out it, regardless. It doesn't matter anyway. And I know Joey Estes, yeah. Estes, Estes. I think it is. Yeah. And uh, Ryan Suzik. Yeah, but those are just... I know they're just flyers, but I know I saw what they were kind of talking about. I think Suzik is the softer throwing. Right. And he's more location and pitch. Yeah, yeah, he's from uh, Paraclete. And then Joey is more, I'm going to throw 101, 102 past you. Right, yeah. And I think they're both expected to be relievers at some point. Starters now, probably transitioning. See, to me, if you're the soft tosser, the softer thrower, you can't be a reliever. I need that guy in the rotation Mm -hmm. to be personally. Because, I mean, you have to be able to pitch. So I need a strikeout if I'm bringing you in your second, third, and two outs. I don't need you pitching to contact. I need an out, like right here, right now. Second, third, say one out. I need a strikeout. I don't need you. Okay, give up a fly ball. Well, that's a run, man. That's not what I'm looking for. But the A's do a good job of developing their pitchers. So they see something there. Maybe had it flip. I think it's... No. Because he's only 6'2". Joey is 6'2". I know the other dude is like 6'6". Right. But he's not able to continue his... uh, Or he's not consistent... Is mechanics. Right. I'm trying to remember the faces. Like I said, I know the guys from Paraclete. It means nothing to you. but No, it means absolutely nothing to me. But I got it. City, I, I feel like you knew. City, you know what California. City, California. But yeah. Nah, you don't. Got me there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry. We're not, this isn't a Paraclete podcast. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. So we kind of hit the A's. All right. Overall, do you feel like they got enough in the system where you can say, you know what? These moves make sense at the end of the day. Yeah, because they yeah, they get a lot of guys. So here's like a four for one. I don't got to hit on all four. You got to hit on one. One or two and I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I do another four for one. Okay, <laughs> hit on one or two of these. We're fine. Two for one for Bass. The numbers are there. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what it is. Bringing them in here. We think we can develop these guys into being a little bit more than what you think. Again, the A's will go. Okay. A's have done a good job developing, by the way. I want other people to know. Yeah. So uh, the A's, again, this is where Olsen and Chapman came from. Frankie Montas, who's likely to be going in the next deal they're making. He went through a couple of organizations before he landed on the A's. White Sox. Yeah, he was a Dodger Dodgers. for a minute. I think it was a Tiger. <laughs> so, Did he land him? I think he was a Red for a second, too. So, but that being said. He went through a couple organizations and then Oakland gets him. It's like, okay, we know what to do with you. Mm-hmm. We'll just polish up this gym right here and voila. Now we're ready to flip him for something more than what we gave up to get him. You yeah, know? Josh Reddick and uh, Josh Reddick, Rich Hill deal. Right. That's what it was. Yeah. You know, Dodgers needed this. Okay, we'll take him off your hand. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, the Dodgers can say, well, we made it to the playoffs, made it to the World Series with the guys we got. That's what we were trying to do. 
And Oakland can say, yeah. And then a couple of years later, we, we made it to the playoffs with our guy. Mm-hmm. So, it works out yeah. both ways. Mm-hmm. No, I think a lot of people are going to be mad about the A's kind of fire selling. But yeah. I think they're doing it differently than other squads. Where they're at least getting something in return. Where you have a chance to really make this wow can't believe they did all of this in one offseason. Well, that and they've done it enough times that the fans kind of expect it. For Say what you will about, like, say, Cincinnati. They made their intentions known mm-hmm. the end of last year. You can crawl the GMs like, oh, yeah, we're going to be reimagining this roster or taking a step back. Or, we got to reallocate funds. Yeah. So if or you're, talent or whatever it was. Yeah. So if we're doing that, we're telling you these people are leaving. <laughs> so the A's, Billy Bean's been there long enough. You knew this was coming. They do this every few years. So therefore, it's not, oh my gosh, you're tearing my team apart. It's like, yeah, we know this is part of the life cycle of the ball club. So it'll just be a new batch of guy. I wouldn't buy a jersey for any A because they might not be there. No, they're not going to be there anytime Four or five years. But that being said, I'd be good with the deals if I'm the A's fans. I'd be like, okay, we'll just see what this next group of guys does mm-hmm. for us. Treat it kind of like, like college sports. You know, three, four years, you get a new guy and, and just keep kind of, you're just on that kind of cycle. Maybe you can win something while you got them. Yeah, there's a, more transactions, but we have Farrah Fowler real quick. All right. Kind of talks about these A's teams and these trades. Farrah Fowler, Matt Olson will have a better brave tenure than Freddie Freeman. All right. So then Freddie Freeman, as in the Dodger version of Freddie Freeman going forward, or what Freddie accomplished while what he was Freddie accomplished with the Braves. I will say foul because Freddie, as an MVP, won a World Series. <laughs> so, okay, Matt Olson. Now. On a per, just player by player, side by side. Well, no, even then, I'd be like, eh, no. I would trust Freddie Freeman more than I trust Matt Olson. And I actually like Matt Olson, the player. I feel like that was pretty simple for you right there. However, I think there's maybe an argument you could be made. I, we talked about this. Yeah. Where we've constantly, remember 2020, throw, I throw out. Okay. You see the trend where it's just shooting up little right. by little. And yeah. of course, it could just, that's just what it was. And it shoots back down. But I got to continue to hope. <laughs> in his own development that he continues to grow and grow and grow. And if he goes out there, the Braves team's not going away. No. I I think people kind of think that because no, they for, haven't brought back certain guys. No, for all like the antics and stuff the Mets are doing, until you beat the Braves, you haven't beat them. You haven't beat them. There, there they are. These guys got a solid rotation. Yeah. They got last year's like runner up in MVP. Right. They got one of the best players in the game in right. Yeah, you got Ronald Acuna. I mean, look. Arguably the second best second baseman. Yeah, you got Ozzy Albies. You got your guy, was it Riley over there at third? Yes, Dansby, who he's a good, he's a good solid shortstop. Solid shortstop. Yeah, I mean, major league starting short, shortstop. They re re-signed Dodger killer Eddie Rosario. Yeah, screw that guy. <laughs> so, but no, it's you might sleep on them. They have that kind of Cardinals thing where you think, oh, this isn't the year. They're not going to be that good. And you look at the right there. You look at the end, and there they are. <laughs> yeah, you look up in October. I'm like, what the hell? Why? How are these guys in first? Or how are these guys only two games out of first? Whatever it is. Look, the Braves won the World Series this year. It took them blowing a three one. NLCS lead the year before, or else they could have been the World Series back in 2020. This isn't some team that's just out of nowhere. They've won the division in the East repeatedly over the last basically kind of 20, 30 years. They've been just, this is your team to deal with. Mm-hmm. Teams, the other teams get hot, kind of come and go. The Nationals will have a year here or there. The Phillies might have a year here or there. The Mets might have a year here or there. The Marlins are the Marlins. And, no, but the Braves but system the Braves is what you're trying to team. get to. That's the one just consistently year in, year out. I have nothing but respect for him. I mean, I might not like him, but I can't. Yeah. 
And yeah. I think something that's been noted recently, especially since the move happened, people were like d- diving into it. Right. Matt Olson actually has better pop and is a better defender than what Freddie was. You can, yeah, I would I would say yeah, the pure just who hits more homers. Yes, Matt Olson. They've does. shown like they went through, they dove into it, the doubles, the home runs go towards Olsen, the defense, defensive metrics, Olsen. Now it's right. the contact rate. Right. And that's the thing. If you're not hitting the ball, the power doesn't matter. Correct. And again, from watching Olsen, which I've watched him a fair bit, because again, I told you about me and A's games, especially mm, late. Yeah, they run late. For some reason, I could catch him. And I just kind of like him. I don't know why. Just mm-hmm. there's nobody in the crowd. And the crowd that is there is really cheering. I don't know. Something about the A's. I've watched the guy a lot. And this is like he's doing better against lefties because this had been his thing. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, hell, I figured I'd have half a chance, you know, just because I'm left-handed. Yeah. So he'd be up there and just, you see him flailing away at breaking balls. It was like, man, but he's really cleaned that up, especially like this year. You could really see it. Was that a one-year kind of blip aberration? We'll have to see if the gains are real. If they're real, then yeah, he's every bit the player of Freddie Freeman, who's, but he's younger than Freddie Freeman. So the Braves were like, yeah, we came out with a younger version of Freddie Freeman you know, I won't say it for less money because ultimately the Dodgers pay. Yeah. You mentioned earlier, $3 million more than the qualifying offer is right. what they're going to be paying. Right. Matt exactly. Olson. So by the end of this deal, that could be less than. Yeah. It more than likely will be. If they keep the qualifying offer system and whatnot. But yeah, if I'm paying you 21 per, well, by 2025, it could be, well, that's the qualifying offer now mm-hmm. if that system's still in place. So then that deal looks even better. Oh, yeah. Know? Something I kind of saw right now, which was interesting. How many more strikeouts do you think Matt Olson would have had last year than Freddie Freeman? Mm, I'll say 20. Five. Okay. And he walked three more times mm-hmm. than Freddie. Right. So uh, you can see that there's comparison. No, there is. There's an argument. There's an argument for it. Yeah, but the difference is this is like contact Olsen's, rate. well, the contact, but this is also Olsen's like best, Correct. Year, overall and best year. You can arguably say that last year, one of Freddie's worst, but, but again, but this is just, but Freddie Freeman's consistently, this is just kind of where he's Who he been. Is. Correct. Or Olsen's had a, a build to get to where Freeman's at. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of the difference. Which one do you trust going forward? This almost brings us back to our conversation we had two weeks ago. We said, hey, let's compare these first basemen. Right. And remember, we had Olsen, we had Freeman, we had Abreu, we had Goldie. There it is. Remember, we both took Freeman first, and I think we changed it up on the second one. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm taking Olsen. Olsen's like right there pushing (laughs) to be the best first baseman in the league. So that's why I think I'm so confident in his ability to say, yeah, you guys lost him, but guess what? You guys may have got something even better. Yeah, no, that's true. Now, one little small variable in this, which will be less of a variable going forward, but for at least for this year, is Olsen switching leagues where Freeman's not. Mm, Correct. Correct. So it'll be, Freeman will be the same pitchers I've been hitting again. Yeah. Now it'll be different. Obviously, he's hitting against the Braves where he never had to do that before. But Olsen, this is like a whole new crew. I think they can go both ways, though. One, you don't know me. I don't know you. But it's advantage pitcher because I can keep bringing in a string of, you know, random Dominicans. Yeah, that you've never seen. I guess, yeah, you can say that too. Where we can see, I've seen you hit before and I don't don't throw the ball there. (laughs) Yeah. Man, I really wanted to dig in more to these transactions, I think, just on time-wise. Yeah. Probably going to have to get into them next episode. Okay. However, I just want to kind of hit on some main ones really quick. We'll wait to dive into it next week. All right. But let's just put them out there. Just quick response. Okay. All right. Well, first, Freddie Freeman one was probably the well, biggest just one. Happened while yeah, we were just here. happened. Yeah. Yay on both sides, right? Yes. That works both ways. Right. Kyle Schwarber to the Philadelphia Phillies. It's a good deal. Obviously, he can hit. It's another version. Him and Jock Peterson are essentially the same guy when you look at him side by side. Mm-hmm. But Phillies are trying to do the Phillies thing. It takes care of their DH spot. So, not bad. 
Anthony Rizzo re-signs with the Yankees. That one surprised me a bit because he really didn't do much once he got there. Like after like the first home run in Miami, yeah. he was kind of mediocre like the rest of the way. But it's a two-year deal on 16 per. So again, less than the qualifying offer. <laughs> All right. Works out. It feels that slot for now. But it just looks worse when Freddie Freeman was still available. Could you do this deal, let's say, last night into this morning? Yeah, I would say the Freddie thing doesn't happen because you took on 50 from... You're the Yankees. I know, I know, that's I know. Not, yeah. That's, <laughs> a, um, that's the logic they put out there. I just want that yeah, to be known. this is the Yankees. Let's not uh, play around. Jesse Winker and Henio Suarez going to the Mariners for Justin Dunn, Jake Fraley, and Brandon Williamson. That's a good deal for Seattle because, again, they won 90 games. Love it. They're they're trying to win. I, I texted you as soon as it happened. I, I like the move. Yeah. Adds the pop they needed in the middle of the order where right. they scored the least amount of runs last year for a playoff team. Yeah, or, or whatever. close to. Yeah, yeah the close 90 to. 90 yeah. Like, this is a big difference when this guy hits right. 30 home runs and 100 RBIs this year. Yeah, now just the only question I have with this deal in terms of for the Mariners because the Reds are just taking kind of, they just want them off the team. They're just cutting payroll. They really aren't too concerned about what they're getting back. Mm. But you're not in Cincinnati anymore. Cincinnati is a great hitters park. Now you're going to Seattle. It goes a little harder. Or T-Mobile Park, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's the, it's the whole different vibe up there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of rainy. Kind of the ball just it doesn't go, especially not like it does in Cincinnati. Now, what will Winker do there? Now, Suarez, will he kind of hit the ball? Because he pushes the bounds of a credible play. Yeah, no. So he hit 209 last year, I believe it was, but hit 31 bombs. That's what I'm saying. So when he hits the ball, it goes. It's yeah. just, can he get back to hitting the ball? Also, yeah. I think you tell me if I'm maybe wrong here. The uncertainty of not knowing what position I'm coming in today. Yeah, no, I agree. Oh, you're going to shortstop. Now you're third base. Now you're moving over here. Now you're over here. Right. To me, you're coming in. Hey, we have third base open. We know you're a good th- defensive third baseman. The metrics have shown it. Mm-hmm. Just play third, man. You come in here, play third. No more pressure on you. Right. No, it's, it's going to be good for him. Yeah, no pressure. Play third base. You're replacing the other Seager. Mm-hmm. Now you get to just be here. That'll be your home. And Winker, see if you can do some damage with the righties. And you know maybe you can lead the way because you still have Kellenic who's on the roster in theory. Yeah. And then you have, uh, what's his name? Julio Rodriguez. You're one of your top prospect outfielders. So like he'll be on the team probably opening day with the new CBA rules. Mm-hmm. So that being said, I like this deal a lot for Seattle. For Cincinnati, Okay, you get a tall left-hander with good stuff. I I like their pitching program that they have in Cincinnati. Oh, they've done a good job. You know, because they have a bunch of the driveline guys from Washington, uh-huh. incidentally. But that was running a lot of their pitching. And so they do a lot there. Now, we'll have to see if that really reaps the benefit on the back end. But, you know, Justin Dunn throws hard. They just doesn't throw strikes. That's the other another person in the deal. And I think, you know, Fraley will be, he'll be a serviceable player for him for the next couple of years. I don't see him being a real difference maker in Cincinnati. No, I think just a gap filler for now. Yeah. Gary Sanchez and Gio Urshela traded to the Twins for Isaiah Kiner-Falefa mm-hmm. and Josh Donaldson and Ben Rupert. Super Muscles. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen him? Yeah. Yeah. Him and the Tyler O'Neill, they're, they're buddies. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> Quickly. It's a good deal for... I think everybody involved. <laughs> I actually really like the Gio Estrella to the Twins. I yeah. like this guy. I think he's a good third baseman. When you just leave him there, let him hit. He hits pretty yeah. well. He's going to give you about 20 homers, good defense, good approach at yeah. the plate. Walks a ton. Yeah, it's a good deal because the Twins actually hit more homers than people think. Oh, they hit a lot. Yeah, so more people realize. So, Gary, get in here, do the slow pitch softball thing, just try to hit bombs. Yeah, and, I think you guys saw their DH, you know. Yeah, just don't, be don't let him catch catcher. too much. And Or who knows, maybe he'll get there and like, okay, I need to change some things. I'm away from the Yankees now. Now I can just kind of relax. It's a different thing. You're not in New York no more, too. Right. That, that pressure we talk right. about. 
I personally didn't like the Donaldson idea of it. I understand why you do it, but I personally didn't like it. I liked uh, Kiner Falefa, who is solid defensively. Right. And then you have Big Ben over there, who's going to be platooning. Yeah, but again, it's not Gary Sanchez. It's just not, that's not the catcher. You have a catcher that can catch the ball. Right. It's a functional catcher. Correct. So for whatever reasons, Sanchez never, the catching aspect of it never quite worked out for him, for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And I also, I took a look into Donaldson's numbers. He's only two years removed from playing 158 games. Yeah. He's not perpetually hurt, but when he gets hurt, he's He's like hurt, hurt, gone, gone. (laughs) I was trying to see, I think I had one more for you. Sonny Gray to the twins for Chase Petty. Uh, That's another good move for the twins is getting low key because they, that's the team where if you're in Vegas, long odds, that's the one you want to go bet on. Because they're putting this team together that could low-key challenge the White Sox in the division. Because, again, they weren't garbage before. They were just garbage last year. Mm -hmm. So now they've kind of rebuilt it. And it's like, okay, we're back and ready to go. And you'll wonder how we ended up here. But Gray will be a good pickup for them mid-rotation. He's not. Quality starter. That's the difference. Right. That's when you get those. Right. Remember we talked about those guys, those teams that can, if you can get a rotation of two, three guys. Right. He fits that. And you just. Right. Everybody's competing. You're always in the game. It's not. Man, this guy's throwing today. All right, guys, you guys better hit five bombs tonight. Yeah, or, or the guy who he's either going to go seven or won't make it out of the second. Yes. You don't know which one you're going to get. This is, no, he'll give you about six. Here's about three runs, four runs. Okay, that's what you're going to get. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> every time. <laughs> then every now and then he'll turn into old Sunny Gray for a second. He might have the uh, odd, really good start, but he won't have too many clunkers mixed in there. You no. can kind of trust him to take the ball. You know, and also this helps them offset the Maeda thing. So it helps them fill in there. Yeah. And then people are probably going to wonder, Hannah Falefa gets to the twins Yeah, for Mitch Garver. <laughs> Texas traded for Mitch Garver. Right. I mentioned earlier, I like the addition. Just having yeah. another big bat in the lineup for the Texas. Yeah. Just they're trying to do, again, you can tell who's really kind of trying, who kind of isn't. And the Rangers are trying to low key, put their little team together. And I'm not saying that the twins aren't. They just, they knew they had some other things going Yeah, they, too. they knew they needed other things and right. it worked out even better for them. Right. You got rid of Mitch Garver. You picked up Urshela. Right. Got Sanchez. You're fine. Right. Exactly. Carlos Rodon signs two year, 44 million with an opt out after the first year with the Giants. Okay. I told you last week, I think he's staying for both years. I don't think he opts out. We texted about yeah. it, right? Yeah. I think he's staying. He'll be there. Regardless. But, and if he gets hurt, he's definitely staying. So. Yeah. Which you just can't trust his shoulder, but the stuff ticked back up to what it looked like when he was in college. So that being said, it's a great move for San Francisco. The Angels are paying Noah Syndergaard one for 21. You got him for two for 44. Yeah. Which one would you trust more? The guy who was in the Cy Young race last year, the guy who pitched two innings. Mm. Then again, going into the season, which one would you trust? And I feel like the Giants have good luck with these. And they have a good good system. And Andrew Bailey's a good pitching coach. He's not going to have to be the front guy necessarily. unless He's going to slot in behind Webb. Webb. Yeah, Webb's going to be your one, and then he'll be your two. And I know you hope he doesn't do anything because that'll be easier for your ball club. But no, I think it's a good deal for San Francisco. It's a smart use of their of their budget and their money, and it doesn't preclude them from doing other things. Yeah. It's a good deal for San Francisco. Last one I have to mention, because he is the king of LA, not LeBron James, <laughs> but Clayton Kershaw's home. I know. That's all I, I was worried about. You were worried? That's all I was worried about. He, he even came out and said he was, it's either Texas or here. Well, no, there's I was no, like, no point in playing around at this no, point. Everybody knows what the deal is. Yeah, I was like, oh, he really considered it. No, but it's all right. He came back home for at least one more year. Well, no, you consider, but also he he wants to win. Uh, that's what kind of, I think he said, kind of pushed him over. He's like, I grew up here. Right. And I literally have a chance to win a World Series for as long as I'm here. Right, exactly. 
And on this little selfish note, I mean, he's right there by the end of the, by the end of April, he'll be the all-time strikeout leader for the Dodgers. Works out. He's 26 behind Don Sutton. So yeah, he'll have that. Right. As long as he's healthy and a one-year deal implies he's healthy because if he was Tommy John time, it'd be a two-year deal Yeah, where because you just, get your Tommy John happens, yeah. and then you bring him back for the second year of the deal. Correct. But they didn't do that. So they think, okay, one, you'll be ready to go. I have a theory that this will be his last year on the Dodgers. Possibly. I think he pitches this year. Whatever happens, happens. But if you're already throwing it out there that, hey, I could go right back there and I had to kind of think about it for a second, you're ready to go. And I can see the Dodgers pivoting away also. Possibly. I think it could also be he's like, that team's not quite there yet. Right. But next year, maybe. Yeah. And maybe we're competing. So, right. The, the Rangers are looking a lot. They look a lot more appetizing to right. move over to there rather than what you have here. Here, you know what's going to happen. Right. Over there, you're like, oh, maybe. Yeah, and again, you're moving to the other league. You only see the Dodgers a couple times a year. And so it's not like you're moving, let's say, to San Francisco. And yeah, I'm competing against these guys. Yeah, no, that would be the worst. Yeah. You Dodger fans would be conflicted. What do we do? Clayton Kershaw's on the other team. <laughs> yeah, that'd be the worst thing possible. But yeah. he's home regardless. Yeah. He's here. Now, one last thing before we go, real what's quick. Up? So what do you do when you see Jock Peterson in the Giants jersey? Do you cheer? Do you boo? What do you do? I say go, Jock. <laughs> but the difference is we'll be up 5-0. So when he hits this homer, it'll be a solo shot, 5-1. All right, does he bring back the pearls? Oh, you have to. Okay. You have to. All right. Got to bring him back. Yeah, I thought for a second he was coming back, but he got his money. Got a couple bucks. Gets to go home. Yeah, gets to go home. He's from up north. Yeah, from Palo Alto. Yeah, so, yeah, so he's not? going back home. Yeah. Going to do his thing up there. Right. Should be. I want to see how many splash shots he gets. You should have a decent amount. This I year. think you should get yeah a couple of them. Right. I like the move for him. I think it works out for him. Plenty of play time. Giants get another big bat in the lineup. Right. Against righties. Yeah. Maybe they even let him go against lefties. Who knows? But doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt that one. What are we missing here? I think we got covered what we wanted to cover. Got everything. Perfect. Yeah. Guys, make sure you guys are following us. Instagram, Twitter, Dingers and K's, Dingers and K's podcast. Right. You guys can find us anywhere. Obviously, you guys are listening to us, but you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Yeah. Always leave reviews. Let us know what you guys think. Refer us to a friend. You know. Yeah, refer us to a friend. That's what we need to do. That word of mouth marketing. Yes, exactly. More Hall of Famers tweeting at us. Whatever. We'll take it. Oh, Fergie. <laughs> Big Fergie liking Jamal stuff. But yeah, guys, just keep talking to us. We are going to keep doing our thing out here. We'll be back next week. Much love, everybody. This Brother on Baseball segment is brought to you by Symbol, the stock market for sports that allows you to trade your sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol has blended sports in the stock market to offer a new way to invest and profit in your sports teams. Use your sports knowledge to buy low, sell hot, earn cash payouts when your teams win. Join the 6,000 early adapters who have started to profit off their sports knowledge. Visit www.symbol.com or visit the link in the description at Sports Bums. Create a free account when you deposit. Use a promo code SPORTSBUMS for a free $10 deposit to help you build your portfolio.